Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and a list of wonderful divorce professionals. So I got divorced when I was 41, and I didn't get married until I was 35. So for me, I had already owned homes by myself. Now, I have come to learn, being in this business for so long, that that is not the norm. There are so many people who get divorced and they've never owned a home by themselves and it's terrifying for them. And I really understand it because it seems really intimidating and scary to hold this big mortgage by yourself, to move into a home. It just might seem foreign to people. And what I wanna tell you is that absolutely 100% you are capable and you will be totally fine being a homeowner if you're getting divorced or thinking about getting divorced and you now think, could I own a home by myself? Absolutely. So what I want to talk about today is buying a home if you are thinking about getting divorced or you're going through one or you're already divorced and you're nervous about it. And I also want to talk about rising interest rates. So I have a great guest on here today to talk about these things. Her name is Andrea Ransom. She's a mortgage loan consultant with Aslin Home Lending Corporation. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking time to do this and to talk with us. So a little bit about Andrea. She has been in the mortgage business since 1998, which means she's seen rates all over the board. She started as an administrative assistant, worked her way up to a processor, and then to a loan consultant. So Andrea has so much experience in the industry. And tell me if I'm right, Andrea, haven't you seen rates just all over the board since you've been in the business? Oh, absolutely, all over the board. It's all, the rates are always a roller coaster. So mortgage rates have been steadily rising over the last few months. And a lot of people are saying like, I'm not gonna buy a home because I'm gonna wait for rates to come down. And when you're going through a divorce or you're getting divorced and it's getting to be close to being final and you need to move out, you know, that's hard to say because you don't know what to do. I mean, it's not like you have the luxury of just sitting around and waiting. So. Tell me what advice you give to your divorced clients. Yeah, I think, you know, each situation is different. So it really depends on, you know, what the situation is for each person that I talk to. But in general, when we decide to delay, there's also a cost to waiting. Yeah, interest rates might be higher. The sale of interest rates, I always say there was a, a sale going on and we missed the sale. Nobody likes missing a sale, but we, we missed the sale. It's, it's no longer happening, right? Interest rates are now in the sixes, some cases in the sevens. You know, recently we were back at a little bit in the high fives. So they're kind of all over. We feel that over the next year to a year and a half, we're going to be in a really good spot with rates again. Are we going to see twos and threes? No. Are we going to see fours and fives consistently? Yes. And that's where we're going to land. Um, so we're not too far off from that. 
But so I would just tell people, you know, there's a cost to waiting. So you might delay purchasing a home because interest rates are higher, but there's also a cost to waiting. If you wait to buy a home in six months or a year from now when rates are a little bit lower, one, there could be more competition because there could be more people going after your home. You might have to pay more than what the purchase price is or Two, now you're paying at a higher price because there's already been um, an equity increase between now and then. So there's reports that I run for people that says, you know, if you wait six months or a year or two or three years, what does that look like? How much more money will you need to put down? How much more will your payments increase? So there's there's reports out there. There's things that we can analyze and look at that. So I would say there's a cost to waiting. Now, I want to back up for a second. But before I do that, I want to tell you that there's also a cost that you will have been paying rent for three years if you wait. So that's another cost that I don't think is even factored into what you're saying. Right. And we there's a rent versus buy comparison. It's like, okay, if you're paying $3,000 a month in rent, but yet you can buy something and have a $3,000 payment, what's that comparison look like too? So, you know, there's all, the, there's all this information. So I think the main thing is to really have have the data, know, know the difference between do you want to sit and wait or do you want to move forward with a higher interest rate loan? And, and you know, people are still buying homes even though rates are high. We all need a place to live. So, you know, buy a home now. You can refinance in the future when rates come back down again, hopefully, right? That's the, that's the plan. And then that means that you then have a better, a better payment, but you're still in a home that you can afford. So you're going to get into a home that you can afford and in the future have a lower payment and hopefully with rates coming down. Okay, let's talk about that. So first of all, I loved how you said there was a sale and we missed the sale. So I was part of that sale and actually back then, that was one of the reasons, the main reason that I moved because I was like, wow, money was so cheap. It was like 2% and here's my point not to like, I feel like I'm like, oh, rub it in, Jackie. But here's the thing. We never had rates like that. I was talking at the beginning of this podcast how when I was single before I got married, since I didn't get married till later, I owned homes myself and I paid in the sevens. I paid in the sixes. I might have even paid in the eights. And I didn't think anything of it. So when you say we missed a sale, we missed a sale that was like, spoiled everyone into thinking that that was the norm. And do you agree with this, Andrea? Oh, 100%. And, and it's also causing people to not move now. So there's some people who are just saying, well, I'm not going to move, even though my house isn't working for me, the situation's not working for me, you know, whatever it may be, um, because they're locked into these interest rates. And but, you know, life circumstances change, right? That's the whole reason we're having this conversation is that things change, the market changes, and we move with those changes. And, and that's kind of where we have to go. I couldn't agree more. And because you can't really put a price on happiness. And the other thing that you said that was interesting, explain to my listeners, if you get a mortgage and you buy a home now and you're saying, oh, it's 6.8%, tell me how long someone has to wait before they can refinance and talk about that process. Okay, there's a couple of different things on that one. So. You, there's not really a timeline of how long you have to wait. It's more about analyzing the savings that the refinance would do for you. So whenever you refinance, there's always closing costs that are involved in the refinance. 
So if you refi if you buy a home and then refinance in three months, you're paying all those closing costs all over again. Um, it's it, it almost all the same closing costs exist with a refinance that do with a purchase. There's just a few things that aren't on um, for a refinance. So you have to consider what that cost is, what your monthly savings will be at the new interest rate, and then you can look at what the payoff is, like how long that actually takes you um, to recoup that um, extra expense that you're rolling into your loan. So one is cost, how, how much is the total cost of the refinance? That would, that would consider when you should refinance again. Um, two is what the savings would be every month. And then the third one would be there's different, there's different lengths of time that lenders look at with a refinance. So you can refinance at any time. There's no penalty on conventional loans to pay off your loan. But if you refinance under 12 months, they will only use your purchase price as the home value. So you don't gain anything in your loan to value, your LTV, um, during those first 12 months if you refinance. Now, if you wait one year from your purchase date, you can use your new appraised value which this gives people the opportunity to potentially reduce their mortgage insurance or eliminate mortgage insurance if they were paying that. So I always recommend one year is kind of optimal at least just to see if we can reduce MI or we can get a better rate because of your LTV change. But if you're under a year, you have to use that purchase price. Um, so that, that would be my, my kind of thought. So. so you do all this for people. So this is one of the benefits of working with you and you figure out all these things for them? Absolutely, yeah. So we run through all those numbers and the scenarios. We can look at, you know, what's the t time that it's gonna take to recoup this refinance? You know, does it really make sense right now? Um, and there's also some analysis that we can do on if you're cashing out and paying off debt, what those looks like, what that looks like for your numbers. Yeah, all kinds of different fun reports that I have access to. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, mortgage loan consultant, Andrea Ransom, and we are talking about buying a home despite rising interest rates. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the silver lining to higher interest rates. We'll be right back. I truly believe mediation is the best way to get divorced if you can do that. It's better financially. It takes such a shorter time. It's less expensive. Everybody is happier overall in the end and the kids benefit too. So if you are considering mediation as a way to get divorced, I would highly recommend divorce mediator Michael Cohen. So Michael is just wonderful. He is a guy who spent 38 years working as a financial consultant and a team leader at a large retail and healthcare company. The father of three went through an extremely litigious divorce several years ago, and it inspired him to become a divorce mediator. Michael is full of passion. He is a wonderful person. He cares so much and he's really, really smart. He has a certification from Northwestern University and he is happy to help clients all over the country. So if you wanna learn more about Michael, you can find him at michaelsmediation.com or in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to mention real estate agent Lauren Schachtel. 
Oh my gosh, Lauren is great. She works for Coldwell Banker and she's also a certified divorce real estate specialist, which by the way, is no small thing. She has a passion for helping divorced men and women. She serves Northern New Jersey and Bergen County and Manhattan. You can reach Lauren at laurenshactelhomes.com or in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, Andrea Ransom. Andrea is a mortgage loan consultant for Aslan Home Lending Corporation, and she offers loans in several different states around the country. So if you want to get in touch with Andrea, Andrea, tell my listeners how they can reach you. Sure. They can reach me through my website at andrearansom.com. That would probably be the easiest way or on Instagram at Andrea Marie Ransom. You can find all my contact information there as well. Or you can find her in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So let's talk about the silver linings to higher interest rates. So if you had a divorced woman come to you and say, you know, I'm thinking about buying a new home, but I don't really know because rates are so high, but I do know of this one place that I really, really love. I can't believe it's still on the market. I'm debating if I should get it. Tell me some other benefits to higher interest rates. Well, the main thing that we're seeing right now is that there are people that are holding off, right? So that's putting less competition in the marketplace. Now, this isn't true for every market in every area or at every uh, price point, but in a lot of areas, there's less competition right now. People are kind of delaying. They're waiting to see if something's going to change in the market. And so that's an opportunity for you, for someone right now to buy. That means that you have an opportunity to possibly make a lower offer on the home. It means you can ask for seller concessions to help pay for closing costs. You can ask for repairs to be made or improvements to be made on the property. And so it gives you a lot of opportunity to actually ask for what you need and for what you want, where, you know, when the sale over interest rates was going on, competition was so fierce that people basically made an offer. They waived inspection rights, waived appraisal rights, made appraisal gaps, paid fifty dollars to $100,000 over purchase price in some scenarios. Um, and we're not seeing that quite as much. Like I said, there are some markets that are still competitive, but right now this is an opportunity to be in an environment where you don't have to be as competitive um, and you don't have to offer you know, everything available in order to get the house, but you can ask for what you need, especially seller concessions. That's my favorite ask right now. And you know what I feel like? It's so much less stressful when you have the edge when people were selling their homes and a, a seller would get four offers in the first hour. To a buyer, that's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And it just gets to be almost like you feel hopeless. Now, if you're buying a home, you have the opportunity to get a home pretty easily. You get, as Andrea said, all these concessions. And so what? So you're paying a higher interest rate, but it's not going to be forever. So you may even get to refinance after six months. Right. And Jackie, one thing I want to share with you is what's called the buy down. And this is a very popular strategy that buyers are utilizing right now. So it's a temporary buy down of your interest rate. There's a couple different ways this can be structured. 
but I'll just talk about the most popular way just for um, ease of explaining it. But one of the more popular buy-downs is called the 2-1 buy-down. And basically this 2-1 buy-down means that for the first year, you buy down your interest rate two percentage points. The second year, you buy down your interest rate one percentage point. And then the third year, it goes back to the original note rate. So let's say you had a rate of 6.875, like Jackie said earlier. This would mean that the first year, your payments are based off 4.875. The second year, your payments are based off 5.875. And then that third year, they'll go back to 6.875. This does a couple of things. It allows you the chance to refinance in the future, and it saves a couple of hundred dollars a month. The number of what you save per month is, is pretty astonishing. So I do this buy-down calculator for people when they're purchasing and show them what the numbers are. The caveat for this, though, the trick is, is that this has to be paid for by your seller. So when you have a house that's been on the market for a couple of weeks and it's not under contract and you ask for those seller concessions, the seller can pay for this buy down for you. So another way to look at this is seller assisted payments. So every month the seller is basically helping you to have a lower monthly payment by this concession that they give you at closing. So that's another great strategy for people as well. A seller that is desperate to sell their home will do this. I could see it. Oh, and it's, ha it's happening all the time. Even, even if they're not necessarily desperate, it's more of that, you know, they see that rates are high and that this is a way to help, you know, their buyers get into their home, right? So this is, this is definitely a common strategy. It doesn't, it doesn't work well if the home has multiple offers and it came on the market at five o'clock and now, you know, there's 40 showings already, but it works great for a home that's been on the market for two weeks and nobody's made an offer yet. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a great strategy. I recommend it to most of my buyers and um, you know, sellers are definitely willing to work with people and, and listing agents know that this is out there. They know that this is part of, of what um, buyers are doing right now. Wow, what a great option if you can swing it. Andrea, this has been so helpful. I love all of your good information, but in closing, I want to talk about something you wrote in the article where you said going through a divorce is stressful enough without burdening yourself with the anxiety associated with a higher mortgage rate. So remember that you are never forced to buy any home. So if it doesn't feel right, you can always rent. And I love that you said that because the only reason, and tell me if you agree with me, that someone should buy a home is if they really love the home and they really want to live in it and they feel that like they're going to be safe and comfortable and they really want it. Not because it was the only home on the market that and they're sort of settling for it or um, I just don't want to pay rent anymore. I just really want a home. Don't you agree? Like just buy it for the love of the home. Absolutely. I I agree 100%. This is a huge investment for, for everyone who's buying a home. And people always ask me, like, is it a good time to buy? And I, I can't answer that. I always tell people, is it the right house? The right house means it's a good time to buy. So when you walk into that house, it's in the right location, it's at the right price point, then it's a good time to buy. But I agree, we don't want to settle when it comes to this purchase. I love all of this information. And what I want to say in closing to my listeners is if you're thinking about getting divorced or if you're going through one or your divorce is going to be final soon and it's kind of go time and you are really, really nervous, 
please stop, take a deep breath and say to yourself, whatever home I end up in, whether it's now or later and I rent first or maybe it's going to happen sooner, I am going to be 100% perfectly capable of maintaining the home and being a solo homeowner. And not only am I capable, I'm going to be so happy and be empowered and independent and have this awesome home where I feel really comfortable and really safe. So on that note, Andrea, thank you so much for taking time to do this. I thought your information was very helpful. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here with you. And again, you can reach Andrea at andrearansom.com or in the Trusted Partners section of Divorced Girl Smiling. She works with clients in several states. And I have to say, Andrea, you and I have had several conversations. And what I love about Andrea is that every time you talk to her, she's just positive, in a good mood, always upbeat, energetic, like you're just one of those people I enjoy talking to all the time. So thank you for being you. Oh, thanks, Jackie. I appreciate that. And if anyone listening would like to listen to more podcasts, read more articles, or find great trusted divorce professionals, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.